Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, where we hear from all types of fascinating tango professionals. We hear about their experiences, their insights, and through that, we figure out ways to improve our own tango. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, thanks to all you newcomers out there. I'm really happy to have you with us. And please take a moment to check out our previous episodes. You will no doubt find answers to many of your tango questions. I'm really liking the feedback I've been getting from many of you, so if you ever want to reach out for any reason, don't hesitate to send me a message at wisconsintango at gmail.com. Once again, that's wisconsintango, all on all one word, at gmail.com. To help keep the podcast going, I'm also accepting donations through PayPal. There's a link in the description and also one on the podcast website. Thanks for your support. My guests today are Daniela Pucci and Luis Bianchi. They first met in 2005 and lived in New York City from 2006 to 2012. In 2012, they made the big decision to relocate to Buenos Aires. There, they set up Tango Oasis, which is their studio and guest house. Since then, they have traveled to over 90 cities over four continents to teach at workshops and various festivals. Some of their more notable appearances include the esteemed Ostertango in Switzerland, Fantas Tango in Germany, and the Copenhagen Tango Festival. And with me now are Daniela Pucci and Luis Bianchi. Daniela and Luis, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being here. You're welcome. Thank Thanks. you. Thank yeah. you to invite us. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, take us back to maybe the beginning of your tango journey. So how did you fall in love with, with tango? So, Daniela, we'll start with you, then we'll go to Luis. Okay. So, um the way that it always started for me is that, you know, I'm from Brazil and I came to the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, for my Ph.D. Mm. And the year before I left Brazil, just, you know, uh, by chance, I ended up taking album dances to help out a friend who needed a partner for his class. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with uh, this Brazilian dance, which is also close embrace and social, and it's called Forró. And I was oh, dancing yes. that. Mm -hmm. You know, I started with one night a week, then two nights, three nights, and it was five nights. But then, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, that was around the time I was moving here. So I came to California. Now there is more for hall, but at the time mm -hmm. there wasn't much at all. So I couldn't find it. But I, I had already seen tango and I thought, you know, it was kind of on my mind that I wanted to learn at some point. And so that's how I got started. So I arrived in California and I uh, started going to some practicas at mm -hmm. Stanford and some classes. And that's how I got started. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Luis? Mine is more Tangera way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> In the beginning, the story was when I was a little depressed because somebody broke my heart. Oh. My ex-girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And kind of I want to find a way in my life. Like a, a, quite a little... Uh, empty, mm -hmm. they put it in the way, and a friend of mine, I was doing some acting, you know, I was taking group lessons and stuff like that, one mm -hmm. of my friends, he says, like, uh, they have a uh, city hall in my city, in Mar del Plata, mm -hmm. it's the, by the way, it's the, the city of Astor Piazzolla, mm -hmm. <laughs> a friend of mine, he says, it's like, it was a free lessons, and if you, if you want to join, my first reference with tango was my mother and my father. Mm. Like they dance tango, but it's not. No, you don't really dance like a, a great dance or anything. Just very simple, and was a little bored for me when I saw them <laughs> dancing all the time. <laughs> kind of, mm. kind of like that's the old thing, the old people thing. And in certain point, you know, it's like when my friend invited me, and I was like, I want to 
and it's something to do in my life. But but in this moment, it's like I was thinking about it's nothing interesting about tango, mm-hmm. like because I see my mother and my father dancing, and I decide to I don't know just skip that. I want to do something else mm-hmm. than that. But when I, when at one time I visit my friend, I was doing tango. He was doing a choreography. Mm. Um, by by the way, his name is Enrique Ringa. He lives in Ireland mm. in these days. Okay, and he he. Kind of, I see the choreography, it's like, whoa, whoa, this is so cool. Nothing compared <laughs> with my mother, my father is dancing. Mm-hmm. And I just fall in love. I fall in love with the this uh, this complexity of this dance. Mm-hmm. I, f- I find it very interesting to see uh, how complex it is and how deep it is. Mm-hmm. And every time, every time I find them, uh, I can learn and dance the rest of my life, this wonderful dance. So, so Luis, what was your very first tango lesson like? What's funny because I went to to basically a friend's mind started to give me the information. Enrique Ringa, mm-hmm. this this friend of mine and a group of people. They, I start from there. It's like they they kind of they kind of start to give you certain advices and and they start to teach you basic steps and things like that. Mm-hmm. And after I went to take some some tango lessons, but. You know, in the beginning, it was was a group of friends who had really teach me to dance tango. Mm. How about you, Daniela? What was your very first tango lesson like? Okay, so I think it was uh, at Stanford. Probably it was a Primilonga class. At the okay. time, I was a PhD student. I didn't really have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So I remember I went to a couple Primilonga classes, but mostly I was going to the free practica. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So did you pick it up right away or was it difficult for you, easy for you? It wasn't difficult, but at the time I was more focused on, uh, you know, my PhD and Mm -hmm. um, I was going very sporadically, like once every three months or whatever. It was very Mm non-committal. And then in in 2001, I went to New York for a summer internship. And that's when I started dancing uh, regularly, like, you know, every weekend I would go and was dancing a lot. And um, I I guess it didn't get difficult until much later on when I became a professional and started uh, you know getting uh, much mm. more uh, strict about technique and so on in those early days it was the focus is really on uh, having fun and using my intuition to dance so it was a great experience nice. in the early days nice, yeah nice yeah I used to live in New York City I think I was I was dancing tango the same time you were there I might have run into you at a Malanga who knows oh wow <laughs> what years were you there I was there from 2000 to I think 2003 or, three or so Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, this summer I'm talking about was summer of 2001. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. definitely dancing by then. So, good hey, old who days knows? of the yeah. South Street Seaport. Yes. And, uh... <laughs> yes, yeah, very, very nice. Yeah. So, how did you both start teaching? Okay, so maybe Louise will start because he was okay. teaching much before I was. Okay. For example, in, in my case, was kind of the same idea with this group of people. Mm-hmm. The same the same guys with, with Mar del Plata. Kind of in that times when I started, I'm talking like 23 years ago, 24 years ago. Mm-hmm. We don't have much young da- tango dancers, you know. Was, mm-hmm. That was the, what I told you, it's like our idea was the old people thing, right? Right. And, and in the end, it's like kind of we we start to push forward and say, okay, we we need to bring young people to the tango. Mm-hmm. I, in that time, so I don't really was a, a I don't think I was a good teacher or, or you know, so you do it because you love to do it, you mm-hmm. know. And 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 if I if I imagine in that times, I I know in a fact, and this is why I decided to move to Buenos Aires too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to to learn more, like I know more than 
be a teacher, mm-hmm. right? But I, we was doing, I, I remember even sometimes we, we was like a group of six friends, mm-hmm. like three couples. Yeah. And, and sometimes we are more teachers than students. That was quite <laughs> funny. <laughs> like, like in the end, we have like you know, three guys or four guys and mm-hmm. we are more, more teaching than, mm-hmm. than students. But what well, was a good beginning for me? I think it was just for the passion and the love to try to bring these new new people to the tango. Just as was a, a good a good thing to start. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, basically it's to to bring new new guys to the tango community mm-hmm. to, to to that times. Nice, nice. Yeah, and I started so uh, many years later. Um, uh, I met Luis uh, when I went to Buenos Aires on vacation, mm-hmm. uh, but I was a professor of engineering. I wasn't really thinking about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, doing tango as a profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, then came back to the U.S. and he kept talking and we had yeah. some similar ideas about things he wanted to do with um, tango and theater. Mm-hmm. So then I ended up uh, deciding to just go for it and, uh, you know, brought him to the U.S. in 2006. And then we started uh, teaching and traveling together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so how did you first meet? At a Milonga? Yeah, we met at the Practica in Buenos Aires. Mm-hmm. Practica um, in Villa Malcolm. Yeah. Mm. Tango Cool was the name of the Practica. Okay. Yeah, somebody, but you know what's funny? Uh, the, the story was very peculiar because, <laughs> okay, I have a, another Brazilian girlfriend one year before I met Daniela. Mm-hmm. And that night, uh, I was a little depressed because, you know, after a break with my, my ex-girlfriend, I was... Mm-hmm these hard times, still one year after and and cannot, you know, it's like, you know, the step uh, step forward from yeah. that relation, it was really hard for me. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, uh, somebody pointed out, right, is, is a, a Brazilian girl sitting mm-hmm. behind us. And my idea was you know, just go and practice my Portuguese because that's so stupid. But in the Milonga, <laughs> I wasn't feeling like in my best mood to dance or anything, she kind of, Mm-hmm. I, I have a hard time in that days. And after somebody says, well, it's Brazilian, and I came and approached to her, mm-hmm. and I speak in Portuguese, in my Portuñol, how we say it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at a certain point, Danila was smiling and talking to me in a very nice way. And mm-hmm. and at a certain point, she looked at me, it's like, yeah, but you, you don't want to dance, you know? And I kind of, <laughs> I was like, I, I made out my mind that night, it's like kind of, I just danced with one friend of mine. I went to the Milonga just thinking about dancing with her only and, and just don't think about to meet another girl because I need to to solve the problem with one and I don't want to get the problem with another one, you know, mm-hmm. kind of. That's funny. But in the end, it's just I danced with her and I, I have one of the best times in my life with Daniela in that moment. It's just really, and the great of that experience was I, I just forget all the deals I have in all the problems or the emotional situation I have with my ex-girlfriend and and for me it was a, a like a new beginning mm-hmm. you know for we after I met her oh. many aspects and now I have a even I have a nice end because we have Francesca and everything and I think it's was a wonderful beginning and it's still going on many things in our life uh, in, a, in a wonderful way yeah nice nice yeah, so sort of sticking with with teaching and, and learning, I like to talk about you know turning points in in our learning. So, what is some really good or some memorable advice that you've gotten from some of your own teachers that you still take with you today? I think uh, you know one of the things is that uh, I remember early on when I, as I mentioned, that I was dancing and I almost didn't take any classes, and the focus was on. Uh, 
the joy of the dance itself, mm-hmm. right? And I was a little bit resistant to um, trying to focus too much on technique and get obsessive about it because I knew from the experience in other uh, activities that if it becomes all about technique and improvement all the time, that it can take away all of the joy and, you know, then what's the point? Uh, and yeah. then I took, um, but I took, a, I remember then I uh, finally, I took a private with Melina Bruffman. It was mm-hmm. around the time I met Luis. And I was telling her this, and she said, you know, technique will give you freedom, freedom to, you know, to then be, to have even more joy. And that was, and, and that's uh, really true. So, uh, you know, obviously you have to grow through the hardship of, uh, you know, trying to change something in your dance and going through an awkward period where you haven't incorporated it yet, mm-hmm. you know, so it's a kind of uh, ugly duckling period. But then uh, you come out on the other side with all of this extra freedom and then with even more joy. So um, I guess that's uh, the advice that sticks uh, out in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Luis? My best experience um, uh, was with Daniela, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think my dance in certain aspects grew up after I met her. Mm-hmm. And one of the things happened to us, uh, this is more a couple thing, okay? It's not about, <laughs> it's, yeah, but it's, it, it makes all the difference in, in certain point because I remember we when we was dancing some performances and obviously uh, not all the performance works perfect and and you know and mostly when you develop your technique uh, uh, your your partner couple involves so many things besides the technique it's emotional emotionally and and this idea to grow together but at the same time it takes a lot of effort and energy to do that mm-hmm. and I remember one of the performances we have. Uh, wasn't do it great, and I feel like she wasn't connected with me in anything, and and this is a perception you have. And I remember we have a little fight at the end, mm. and she says to me, "Look, when I, I I go out there, I put the best of me. I'm not going out to just to make it something like a crappy or, or you know, it's like I wanna I wanna put the best of me, mm-hmm. and and that stick in my mind. And I think at a certain point." Does it start to make us a, a better partners? Because mm-hmm. honestly, uh, we, we we don't go. We after we met, and and I know how much effort she put and some, how much she worked. She did. Mm-hmm. I was a little more ahead of her in experience, but after when she grows so much and she she unbelievable working hard to to get on the point where I really pushed me forward too. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's that was my best moment and my 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 best experience when she says, "Well, we go out there." We we put the best of us, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that was makes me makes me feel my tango develop uh, emotionally with her and mm-hmm. and technically with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you said, there's technique, and then there's the emotional side of it too, and both both need a lot of growth. Yeah, Oof. yeah. I'm kidding a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So here's a fun question. So what's what's a bad tango habit that you used to have, and how did you get over it? Mine was, I was so exciting to dance. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes, you know, my partner was running behind me all the time. <laughs> because like, I call it like uh, the doggy doggy apartment. Where you have the dog all day. Yes. And you just leave it on the park and you let it free run. Mm-hmm. And it starts to run like crazy everywhere. <laughs> that was my tango experience, basically. I was When I was so exciting to go and dance. And, mm-hmm. and my partner just, I see the faces of horror. Like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? Yeah. And now that was that was the the experience I need to deal with. Like like now 
<laughs> yeah, that's basically my experience. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, I don't think I can single out one thing. I think that, you know, over the years, I, there, I don't think there is a part of my body that I haven't worked on mm -hmm. and where I've tried to change and refine a habit. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of an ongoing process. I don't think that I can uh, single out one thing. Like, mm -hmm. it's literally... Um, constant uh, uh, improvement and it's the whole body together mm -hmm. i guess uh, you could say like a bad habit there it's some you know sometimes you fall into it's to go into autopilot mm -hmm. if you're tired and then you're not 100 percent there you're just kind of following mm -hmm. and i guess i could call that a bad habit you I know see. sometimes depending on my if i'm tired or whatever it could still happen mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, interesting. It's always fun to hear from, from our teachers what did they used to do and how did they get over it. That can be very, very helpful for the students who are listening. Yeah. Well, if I'm going to say something that I find, you know, from my experience that mm -hmm. I find that may be helpful is that I've been very methodic. Like I'll take a part of the body. Let's say now I'm working on core, mm -hmm. right? And trying to improve my posture because I either I learned something from someone or I found something out. And then I'll, I'll be focusing on that for weeks or sometimes even months mm -hmm. until I kind of feel that I uh, got something. And then there will be something else. Let's say I'm working on my dissociation. I'm working on my upper body. You know, and then of the upper back, let's say, and then that will also be a process of month with a very focused, um, you know, effort, you know, mm -hmm. and a, an awareness of that mm -hmm. particular aspect, and that's kind of how I go about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think in my case, uh, to the improvement mm -hmm. I get through the years was more the idea to feel like I'm not trying to looking for. For the music, I'm not trying to chase the music. In the end, it's like more the sensation of waiting and, and thinking about you surf on the music. And mm -hmm. uh, when it's like that, you just flow with the music, and and you don't go ahead or you don't try to do more. It's just you you get the feeling of the music, yeah. and that I think is that will really kill my anxiety to try to do so many things. And and this uh, this idea more to connect the the sensation of waiting more mm -hmm. than yeah. try to chase the music pausing more pausing more mm -hmm. and then that gives you more uh, room for connection and for creativity i mm -hmm. guess yeah yeah yeah, yeah pausing that's that's just something i used to never do when i was dancing <laughs> exactly. that's gonna change your dance forever <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. yeah so yeah i wanted to talk a little bit about the the studio you started uh tango oasis yeah. Yeah. So how did that start? Okay. So that that's our tango house. It's mm -hmm. a tango guest house. We have nine bedrooms and we have our dance studio right there. And, you know, and, um, and it's a full house with all of the facilities with a large kitchen where the guests, uh, mm -hmm. you know, store their food and cook and hang out and the rooftop terrace. And I think that was kind of Luis's uh, dream, uh, you know, from many years before uh, we met that mm -hmm. uh, he would like to do something like that someday in Buenos Aires to have mm -hmm. this hub, this space for tangueros and uh, where people could meet and socialize and, uh, you know, um, basically improve their experience of visiting the city. So mm -hmm. um, in 2012, we finally found a property that we could afford and we spent um, uh, quite a few, year, few years renovating and mm -hmm. then... Um, yeah, we've been receiving people there and uh, all year long and even when you're touring. Mm -hmm. And then when you're in town, which is normally from October until March or April, mm -hmm. then you also have some seminars there. So people come and then they study intensively for several days. Mm -hmm. And then you do all of this uh, drilling of technique and this kind of thing that we've been talking a little bit about mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's our house. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So for the people, for the students who, who go there to learn, uh, do they go as a group or do they meet new friends while they're all there? We have there? both. Okay. There are people to, who come as groups and then there are those who come by themselves and, uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, meet other guests at the house and exchange mm-hmm tips about where to go, you know, I mean, obviously the individual experiences will vary depending on who is mm-hmm. there and how well they hit it off. But yes, mm-hmm. it's a social space where um, people uh, can exchange information and uh, hopefully become friends and some of them do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even, even it's funny because when we decided to make to build the house, my, my dream was mm-hmm. try to come true, uh, was for two reasons too, because I remember we are touring uh, like between 10 to 11 months a year, we was traveling all the time. And, and it's a little exhausting with you just traveling, living with your, with your suitcase mm-hmm. everywhere you go. Yeah. And in certain point, we were thinking about where, where to stay, where we to live. And mm-hmm. and when we find them and we point it out on the house, it's a good two, two good reasons. One was the way to find our place in the world and in the end francesca came came over after that the second the, the second experience was because we have we met so many people in tango and mm-hmm. and tango people we are different like the rest of the world because in example mm-hmm. i remember in buenos aires you go to sleep after the milonga <laughs> after you get your breakfast after milonga 6 a.m in la viruta mm-hmm. and you see all the people going to work when you're going to sleep you know kind right. of is is another word, and the idea to build this house was uh, many tango experience or many people going to Buenos Aires. Uh, they cannot go everywhere because mm-hmm. our schedule is totally different, like the rest of the world. Yeah. Now, and in Buenos Aires, they find in the place where okay, they speak the same language, they live the same way, mm-hmm. they understand. You you don't need to say anything because one word you say Darienzo and represents so many things. Yeah. That's one word, right? And mm. it's amazing how the tango communities, all, all, we build the house in the way like everybody breathe and, and speak and feel the same life mm-hmm. and the same, the, the way like we connecting in that way. Yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing. The house is just amazing in that way. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Like you said, oasis, that's a very appropriate word, oasis. <laughs> yeah. That. yeah, that was the idea, a respite mm-hmm. in the middle of the city. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so so uh, sort of staying on the topic of tango students. So, so, what are some lessons that you learned from your own students throughout your teaching journey? You know, uh, and my first, my biggest experience was to understand like the body's one, mm-hmm. and we have mechanically we move in certain way. Mm-hmm. But if you are efficient in what you do, it's not it's not about tango. When we explain things in certain way, we have experiences. The, our greatest experience to understand, like the way the people do horse riding, mm-hmm. cooking, playing piano. Um, I don't know. The, some people doing yoga mm-hmm. and connecting the body in the way we all is interacting. Our our example, our first, well not first, but the biggest uh, one of the biggest hit on this was one pianist from from Carnegie Hall. He's mm. from Poland mm-hmm. and he was playing in Carnegie Hall for years. And we explained something about the uh, the function of the shoulder blade, how mm-hmm. the signal of the shoulder blade came and how the, how the functionality of the shoulder blade is. And he write us on the next day, very exciting because he was looking for a specific sound mm-hmm. when he played piano. And after we explaining this, the way with the body works, and he says he find them after I don't know how, how many years was forty he? years forty years something wow. like that wow. like yeah. after forty years of having a really high 
high performer, mm-hmm. and he find them specifically what I was looking for for 40 years, mm-hmm. just not connecting to piano, but it's connecting to the, the way, the function of the body. Yeah, and I guess that's something that I feel that I really learned from the students, because we have students who come from all, uh, you know, walks of life, and mm-hmm. some of them work with other body disciplines or anything that relates to the body, really. Sometimes they think just, you know, body discipline, they think of uh, body mm-hmm. work, right? Like Pilates or Feldenkrais or some other dances. Mm-hmm. But you've also talked with people who do things like, uh, you know, um, cooking or calligraphy. And I think the main thing that I've learned that stuck out talking with all of these students is that we have this one body, which is the human body, and that it has it has some principles, it has a certain design, and that efficient movement uh, is actually efficient across, you know, anything that we do with the body. Mm-hmm. So once we start to think about that, then we and that kind of also illuminates how we teach tango these days. Mm-hmm. It's thinking, you know, this there is not a tango movement that is separate from our natural daily life movement. Mm-hmm. There is the natural movement, which is actually the most efficient to our body, and that's why we do it. Mm-hmm. And then there is a lot, a lot of wisdom that we have about the body because we've been using it for decades, right. most of us. And then uh, the focus is how do you tap into that, all of that that you already know, that you know how to do very well, and then you translate that to tango. Mm -hmm. And I think some of that for me started to click really by talking with all of these students and beginning to understand Mm -hmm. this is the one body and that's the thing that is in common for all movement. Mm Yeah, so so Daniela, your professional background as an engineer, what, what I find really interesting when I work with a lot of tango people is about... A lot of them are you know, in the mental health industry, but a lot of them are also engineers. Right. And I, I wonder why that is. Do you have any insights? Okay, so I give you the, uh, you know, I have two um, theories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One theory is that, you know, uh, people who have this kind of engineering or mathematics mm-hmm. background or researchers in general, mm-hmm. I think they tend to be attracted. That's, you know, uh, my theory, right? Mm-hmm. By the... Uh, complexity of tango both the Mm -hmm. complexity of the movement or the complexity of the music i mean the music is so rich with so many layers with Mm -hmm. so so many dynamics and different things going on and uh complex syncopated rhythms Mm -hmm. so i think some people connect to that Mm -hmm. some others connect to the complexity of the movement like in terms um and in that case, when I think about engineers, I think they connect more with the uh, complexity, you know, in terms of the geometry of the dance, mm-hmm. right? All the, mm-hmm. the combinatorial number of possibilities that you have, like when you're having the sequences and you can, uh, you know, combine things in different ways. And um, mm-hmm. that's what I see. And that's one explanation. Mm-hmm. And the other one, which is more like tongue-in-cheek, is that, um, you know, in tango, your social skills tend to matter less than how well you dance. <laughs> so it's good for people who are socially challenged (laughs) (laughs) you don't need to rely on your verbal skills or your social skills so Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) i'm just kidding but at least you need that's me yeah but at least you need to take a shower well that's true yeah (laughs) you have our our limits you have yeah that's true yeah 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 Yeah, just out of curiosity luis what's your professional background you know, I was doing massage therapy when I start before I start tango. Oh. Uh, yeah, and I apply a lot of this knowledge I have uh, on, on teaching tango, and mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, it was unbelievably useful when I start mm-hmm. because I was doing like first for for a living mm-hmm. a little bit, and the other thing was to try to 
to find you know I think it's, it's I'm quite good to to find them como se dice nudos en, nudos en el nudos en to tensiones. find you know like tension spot uh, the muscles and things know? like that and mm-hmm. I, I was very it was very interesting when I when I work with the people and uh, and uh, and I physically I need to touch to show certain things and it, and it's find them very interesting to see how the 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 activities <clears throat> and mm-hmm. daily interfere a lot on the dance of the people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if you want to know technique about uh, working, how how they can preserve the balance, mm-hmm. uh, basically you start to show them how the body anatomically need to work to be efficient. Mm-hmm. And as the way end up become useful, like in the end they find in the balance. And, and the problem is on this is changing the habits because normally when I see the people get problems, mm-hmm. uh, Change the habit is the most harder thing. Yeah. Because yeah. if you have certain habits that doesn't help you to your balance, and mm-hmm. we try to show you, I think it's um, get a lot involved on the the and the people who need to study and develop a lot from themselves mm-hmm. more than my my side. I just guide the people, but yeah. what really makes the difference is if they they study and they develop the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know the great thing about tango is that there's always something new to learn with with this dance, no matter how much experience we have. So even though you've both had so much experience uh, dancing and, and teaching, is there something new that you've learned recently, perhaps in the last few months or years, that have that have uh, intrigued you? You know, it's funny because our life in this moment, our mm-hmm. tango life, uh, is not in standby, mm-hmm. but because the last, I'm gonna say, the last six seven years. Mm-hmm. We invest a lot in Buenos Aires between building the guest house mm-hmm. and now we building our house, our private house, and yeah. and we the last few years we really invest a lot on on that. Mm-hmm. What we did was to we do some choreographies on the way. Uh, we use in some places and and I think it's um uh, because normally our skills um, mine basically was a lot in social dancing I wasn't doing so much choreography mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not fighting on the choreography because the repetition just kill me yeah. just repeat 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 mm-hmm. and that's what Daniela loves to do repeat 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 mm-hmm. and it's kind of try to find the middle ground there but still you know I remember when I was doing was living in New York and we do our shows mm-hmm. this action of the repetition so normally give you a lot of benefits Mm-hmm. on precision and, and quality. And I think if I something really I need to still develop and I, I find out is this idea to have um, constant... Cons- to have more uh, consistency. Consistency. Mm-hmm. Ah, that mm-hmm. was hard. Sorry. <laughs> and <laughs> consistency on, on the work makes a difference. And now I think it's a, like I need to train in and learn more about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I've been focused on my, uh, I guess I would say, my, my shoulders and my shoulder blades lately, again. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's been many iterations already over the years, and now I'm there again mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> for one more pass. <laughs> yeah. Great. Good, good. Yeah. Okay, so Daniel and Luis, this has been a lot of fun. So where do we find out more about you online? Okay, so it's Daniela E. Luis, so mm-hmm. it's Daniela Y. Luis mm-hmm. dot com. Dot com. Okay, yeah. and, and I'll have that in our show notes so people will be able thank to look you. you up. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right, both of you, thank you so much again for taking the time to speak to me. I know you're really busy right now. You're in Portland? You are in San Diego San now. Diego. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gosh, you get around. Oh, well, yeah. enjoy the yeah. weather. San Diego is beautiful. Well, actually, 
actually turns out we had this amazing weather in Portland, mm -hmm. really sunny, hot, balmy days for a whole week, and now it's been uh, cloudy and, uh, and rainy. Yeah, yeah, in San Diego. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, <Okay>. go figure. <laughs> I, I think the weather from Portland moves to San Diego, and people from San Diego be ready for a different weather now. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm in I'm in Wisconsin. We had snow a few weeks ago, so not oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, but, yeah, but we're doing okay. All okay, right. well, thank you both again so much. I hope to hope to run into you in person. I hope oh, yeah, so too. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for inviting us to this. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. When yeah. when's gonna go to BA then, and we can meet there? Oh, I would love to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love to meet meet up with you in BA. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Great. Okay. Take care. You too. Thank you, my bye. Friend. Bye. -bye. bye, -bye. Okay, another interesting conversation. I really liked what Daniela said about working on technique and enjoyment. At first, she wanted to just have fun and not get bogged down in tango details. But her teacher convinced her that perfecting technique, putting in that time, is the very thing that allows us the freedom to enjoy the dance. It seems counterintuitive, but it's totally true. The more we understand tango from a body awareness and technical perspective, the more likely we are to have fun with it. And I liked what Luis said about personal growth, how gaining knowledge of the dance is obviously important, but growth on an emotional and empathetic level is just as important. And we need to keep this in mind when dancing with somebody who's not at our level. If our partner's lack of experience affects the feel of the dance, it doesn't mean that he or she isn't trying, and it doesn't mean that he or she doesn't care. Putting in the effort to be patient with others helps keep our own growth in perspective. So thank you, Daniela and Luis, for your time and for sharing your thoughts. And of course, thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. I'm really happy to have you as a listening audience. If you're enjoying the show, please take a quick moment to subscribe and please leave a five-star rating and review. That helps out a lot. Okay, that's it for today. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.